0: Philosopher Kings, we empower next gen professionals how to think, speak, and act with knowledge, wisdom, and virtue. Plato believed the best rulers would actually be philosophers, people committed to virtue and goodness, arete, and kalos above all else. We believe the best modern professionals are growing daily towards Plato's ideal. The best young professionals are Philosopher Kings. Join me Mark Schaefer to learn how to think, speak, and act as a uniquely better next-gen professional using ancient philosophy and wisdom to inform the best possible life as a practitioner and person. friends, Mark Schaefer from Philosopher Kings here, just popping in to intro the third part of my four-part interview with Joe Martino, my friend who is a professional counselor and entrepreneur in Michigan. And this is my favorite part of the interview. It's on failing versus failure, and that is how to understand that sometimes the most important thing that happens to you is a loss or a setback or things not going how you expected, failing, is important and teaches you things versus what's always harmful to your heart, mind, and soul that is coming to view yourself as a failure. He just unpacks this really well. And so I hope you love it and enjoy listening in. Here we go.
1: That was like the warm-up question and the main one I wanted to ask you was a really essential distinction that you made uh just a while back between failure and failing you said that young professionals need to understand the difference between failure and failing what did you mean by that
2: so that's one of my my passions uh one of the things that happens a lot in therapy and you might have even experienced this with your therapist People come in and they're like, well, what do I do? And, you know, you kind of work that out and they're like, okay, I'm going to go try this. And they walk out the door. They come back the next week. I tried that. It didn't work. I'll let that run twice. The third time I'll often say to them, did it not work or were you not willing to fail enough times for it to work? Yeah. Right. Because like when you tie your shoe, the average person learns to tie their shoe 37 times, fails 37 times before they tie their shoes. Significantly, Now they're five or four or three, right? Yeah. Or whatever. They're young. But when you, when you look at that, we equate failing one-time failure or seven-time failure with, I'm a failure. I have to succeed every time. And intellectually, we all know that that is not real. And yet right? there's this danger of, well, I tried it and I failed, so I won't go back into it. Right, And so they actually think, going back to the driver's license, think one of the things that a lot of the literature points to is it's the first time a kid could fail and there's nothing anyone can do except them to either pass or fail. And they're so uncomfortable with the possibility of failing that they just disengage, they stay away because they don't know the difference between what does it mean to fail and what does it mean to be a failure. And so, you know, I, I read a, actually, I didn't read it. I watched a TikTok, I think, about a woman talking about her dad. And she said, you know, a lot of kids, their dads would be like, hey, what did you succeed at today? My dad, this woman talking, she said, my dad expected us to have a story of what we failed at that day. Yeah. And we would celebrate that. And we would, you know, get high fives for failing. And so I think this is a really important conversation to have, you know, with ourselves, you know, as, as, as a, as, as a 40 something year old man, like, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for our wives, our partners, uh, our close relationship? but certainly a Gen Z, you're going to fail. You're going to go to work and do it wrong. You know, that, that paralegal oh, yeah. is going to make a decision and later be like, Oh, I could have done it this way. I actually think it's one of the reasons we're delaying having children and we're having far and far less children. Because there is nothing you do in parenting that doesn't invite regret.
1: That doesn't- yeah, you're totally exposed. Yes. Like, and, and the results are, and it's the greatest loss of control you ever have when you yes. become a mom or dad. And yes. you're gonna not only fail, you're gonna fail in front of anyone that watches your kid deviate from how you think they're supposed to act or speak. Right. And just is right. what it is,
2: right? Unless we change the definition of failing and yeah. success, right?
1: So I now, say to people,
2: "What's the game you're playing? It's got to be a long game."
1: Yeah. Um, now I'll I'll never forget um, in one of my graduate programs they told us that failure is a rite of passage for this profession, and they said like no one that's become a professor did not fail and fail frequently. And instead of viewing that as, you know, don't take it personal, don't take it as part of your identity, take it as data. You're yes. constantly acquiring data as to which nuances to make to become more into the mold of the professional we're trying to make you.
2: Yes. Yes. And I tell, you know, absolutely. You, what, what flipped it for me was I read Howard Schultz's biography
1: and he failed okay. all the time. i never read that
2: onward it's it's a fascinating book and he failed all the time abraham lincoln failed all the time i was just at the henry ford museum with my kids this weekend henry ford failed twice before ford motor company took off you you know failure is a rite of passage and i think part of it is tied to and we haven't talked much about this mark but i think part of it is tied to we have a really bad definition of what a good decision is Right, And so I'll ask people when I I interview them, like, tell me how you know if you made a good decision. And I'll get from from Gen Z, I'll often get, well, if I feel good about it. Okay. Can you ever tell me about a time you made a good decision and you felt bad about it? No. Can you ever tell me about a time you made a bad decision and you felt good about it? No. And because of labor laws, I often want to say at that point, really, you never went home with somebody and in the moment, thought it yeah. was a great decision. And twenty four hours later, you're like, "What did I do?" Right? I can't ask that question because it'd be it be illegal. But if I could, right. that
1: would be the follow up question. And and it'd be the and best then, example that most people have.
2: Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's certainly one that's mostly relatable, right? And yeah. then when you when you start to dial that out, you know, one of the things you look at is most people decide a good decision is if it turned out right, i.e., I didn't fail. But, like, I like to play poker. I was playing with a guy one time who he went all in, I'm pretty good at the percentages. He had a 4% chance of winning. It's a terrible decision. He won. Oh, so it worked out for him? No, because he was out of the game about 20 minutes later because he was making bad decisions, and it got reinforced in his brain. He got the happy chemicals in his brain. I went all in, and it worked. Man, I'm a great poker player. No, bro, you're not. Yeah. You know, you might be someday, but right now you're not. And I think we tie those two things together a bad de- definition of decision making. Well, then anytime it turns out badly, I'm the failure.
1: Yeah. And, and I, think I, the- I love what you're saying. And I think that you are not only going to fail in order to get better. Like many of the things that you feel like happen to you as you transition from professional college to actually the 10,000 hours of practice that are going to make you good and a trustworthy guide. As you make that transition, failure is going to happen for you. Actually, you need to reframe it. Those small failures are the points in the plot that are going to develop you. Um, I often talk about, uh, I was a good wrestler, but not great. And it was the only sport really that conceivably I would be good at. I'm like five, two. So I like played to my strengths. Right. Sure. And I was never fantastic. I was never one of those like great kids that was going to be a D one athlete, nothing, nothing like that. And so I won a lot of the times, but I lost my fair share too. And it used to get me like so upset, like I would just pout and be angry for days. But now when I look back as a 40-year-old, the greatest thing that years and years and years of competition and wrestling gave me was it taught me how to lose. Yes. It, it taught me yes. how to not only lose, but lose in public, in front of a crowd, pick myself like up, and then go to practice the next day. And
2: risk day. again. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yep. And you, yeah. you can do that. As a, as a dentist, as an attorney, as a medical doctor, as a professional health counselor. And when you are holding patients and clients and their trust in your hand, actually those failures are what over time is gonna make you more and more worthy of holding yes. that trust and capable of keeping it better.
2: Yes, it, just in this moment, uh, the 10,000 rule, yeah. our rule has been disproven. You know that, right? You were being funny. Oh no, I didn't. Oh yeah, I've wasted yeah. so many hours, Joe. So yeah. <laughs> <many> hours. <laughs> well, no, you still need all the hours. It's just the ten thousand <laughs> rule hour rule has been disproven. So the specific number. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Gladwell, I kind of have a, a struggle relationship with him. I feel like his okay. podcast, uh, it isn't revisionist history. It's just yeah, it's actual. It's just a different spin.
1: But that's, so okay. I, got, that's why I, started, I wanted
2: you. No, no, I started getting on the show. I started getting into the like I said earlier. I, I'm probably a nerd. I started to get into the like. Okay, so where is he swung and missed? And it's all over yeah. the internet. The numbers and how it works out and. Sure. So, yeah. So yeah, it's been. But you're not wrong in the idea that everything you do is failure, right? Even with oh even yeah, your most intimate relationships. You know, one of the things I tell people all the time is what's your expected failure rate? So uh, for for you and your spouse, for you and your partner, what's your expected failure rate in in miscommunication? I teach it for a living. My wife's the best counselor I've ever met. She teaches it for a living. I wake up in the morning and one of my expectations is that I'm going to miscommunicate with her at some point today. I'm going to fail in good communication. We're both very intense people. We're both hard chargers. We're both invested in being right. And at some point, those are going to win over relationship. But when that expectation is set that way, when it happens, I also have another expectation. I can go make it right. I can say, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Here's how I'm going to change my behavior. And what happens is when I set the expectation, that I will fail, I tend to fail less at the things I control, right? My behaviors. And when the things that I don't control still end up as failure, I, I, I'm not thrown off by it. I don't lose a day. I don't walk around and sulk.